Motivation comes in many forms. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's love. Sometimes it's the love of money. Sometimes it's a very strong affection for money. Maybe not love, perhaps, but close enough. There are probably other motivations, but right now I'm drawing a blank. I'm Ansie McLean. What keeps you going? What is it that motivates you to get out of bed? That and more on this episode of Resisting Enlightenment. I've threatened to quit a hundred times. Being an artist is not easy. Scratching something out of nothing until you have a lot of maybe takes a special kind of masochist. And the art world is full of folks just like me. So, I may be crazy, but I'm never alone. Artists spend more time and money than we have on something the world clearly has more than enough of already— a book or an album, say, and we start planning the next one even while sales of our current project has fallen shy of platinum status, hovering closer maybe to, like, aluminum foil. Dozens sold. That's just enough to keep me going. And with the climate change of the music business brought about by man-made bullcrap like digital piracy, stealing, to call it what it is, One might ask, where is an artist's motivation? Why do we carry on? Well, the answer for me might be conveyed by describing a few recent events and by trying to communicate how it has made me feel about what I do. One Tuesday afternoon last year sometime, I got a call from a nice lady who works as the assistant to Bill Hybels, I think that's how you pronounce his name, pastor of the very large Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. Very nice man. He had heard one of my songs on the radio late one night. He suffers from insomnia and was up at one or two in the morning and couldn't sleep. And here comes one of my crazy songs on the radio and starts going down a deep rabbit hole with my name on it. Hours later, he had gotten a bunch of my songs and listened and and enjoyed it. And at the time, his music staff of 25 young people were at a retreat in Michigan, and he wanted me to come and play my songs for them and talk about songwriting. He would be there as a guide to kind of get the program started and to field questions. Um, I don't know, Bill had been encouraging his staff to write original music, their own songs. They did all these covers, and, and uh, I guess every Sunday he described it to me as they put on a Super Bowl every Sunday, you know. I mean, that's, that's a lot of stress, a lot of uh, pressure. And I think the, the added pressure of writing original music for something like that was very uh, hard for them to, to imagine doing. So he'd been encouraging them to do this for years, and he heard in my songs a directness and ease And he said, I just thought you'd be the perfect guy to talk to them and take away the fear of songwriting. 
He gave me a list of songs he wanted me to play. And not all of them were like my hearth and home songs, you know, the heartwarming songs. They, to my delight, I, I, you know, I thought that's what it was going to be, but to my delight, he, he loved Jailbird Beauty, My Baby Whistles when, when She Walks, and I was just flipped off by a silver-haired old lady. Um, and I was delighted by that. I, I realized then that this was a church happily thinking outside the box. And... Um, I don't know. It was kind of weird. This was a Tuesday, and I agreed to do it. They wanted me to go Thursday, and I said, I got I got commitments. They said, will Friday work? And I said, yeah, I think Friday I can move some stuff around. And, you know, I mean, this was a, a too surreal an opportunity to pass up, and so I said yes. Um, they worked it out for Dina and I to fly up there on, on a Friday morning, um, saying we'd be home for supper that night. And we boarded their small private uh, plane at the Nashville airport going through the back door. Didn't have to go through all that security and TSA stuff. And we just got on the plane. And two hours later, we were there in Michigan. Um, I met Bill and his director of music. We chatted for a bit. I tuned up my guitar. And within moments, we were whisked away upstairs to their casual gathering place up there. It was in a pierside cottage right along the lake. And there were 25 men and women waiting for a songwriter they never heard of to play them some of his music. Uh, Bill introduced me. He got everything started, and he told them how he found me and um, asked me to play a song, and I, I did, and then we talked again for a little bit. I played another, probably played eight or nine songs throughout you know the 90 minutes or so that we were there and talked a lot about songwriting. Now, these were classically trained musicians, great musicians, all of them. And um, I can't imagine you get a job like that uh, if you're kind of mediocre, you know. But they were genuinely intimidated by writing their own music. So Bill wrapped things up in about 90 minutes, and we were taken back to the airport where our little plane was waiting. Dean and I looked out the window silently as Michigan shrunk in size as we climbed to cloud level, and I was wondering if all of this had just been a dream. I was stunned by the experience. I'll never forget the faces of these people as they so earnestly wanted to learn and wanted to get out of their comfort zone. And as some of you may know, I'm a big fan of getting out of comfort zones. I think that's, that's where we grow the most. And um, I'm so grateful for those times in my life that I've been thrust out of that comfort zone. We, indeed, were home by dinner time, and, and we sat and ate dinner here at the house, and we're kind of looking at each other like, okay, that was weird, but very cool. And uh, it just made me realize how grateful I am that I persisted, that I had the perseverance to stick it out, um, that I didn't quit all those times when I really wanted to. Like motel drapes at 10 a.m. 
world outside is set in motion. The light is bright and the air is thin. We're coming to a nightmare, leaving a dream. Our very first sound is a primal scream. And anger and fear are our first emotions. Out in the cold with a push and a tug. Just swimming along in our own little oceans. Somebody had to come along and pull the plug. Naked and blue in the delivery room. If I'd had my way, I'd never left the wound. But it's all good if nobody gets hurt. Another day alive, amen. I'm on the right side of the dirt. Right side of the dirt. Well, don't come around here if you're looking for answers. Cause I'll probably tell you what another guy said. I'm a one legged man in a room full of dancers. I'm the fella in the corner with a lamp on his head. The only times I've ever grown is when I got pushed out of my comfort zone. But it's all good if nobody gets hurt. Another day alive, amen. I'm on the right side of the dirt. I'm on the right side of the dirt. My time on earth is ended. I just hope the good outweighs the bad. You can tell anybody I might have offended. I did the best I could with the little I had. How much further will this thing go? If I never get pushed, I may never know. It's all good if nobody gets hurt. Another day alive, amen. I'm on the right side of the dirt. That's right, I'm on the right side of the dirt. months later now and Dina and I have just returned from 
Florida. We just had a week and a half <clears throat> down there. It was like 10 days or so down there. We started in Key West and we drove through Alligator Alley uh, from playing at the Key West Theater. And it was such a good show. People were so cool there. And it was a great theater. And I didn't think anybody would show up. We'd never played there before. My buddy Spoons and I, and we and a, a, met a bass player down there. And we just started you know, getting into our music and people followed. And it was really cool. And, um, you know, to get a standing ovation in a theater, in a place, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away, afraid that no one would show up. It was really, it was validating and it, and it made me feel good. So, and then we hung out for a couple of days in Key West with, with uh, Spoons and his wife, Christine, and we just ended up um, just having a great time. We came up the, uh, you know, along the coast of Florida and, and then I, I played in Sarasota, Brooksville. St. Pete, Jacksonville, and uh, got to see family and some old friends and then made some new friends. And, and again, I was just hit by how grateful I am that I stuck it out. Yeah, it's hard to be an artist. I mean, living a mindfully creative life is difficult by its very nature and definition. It requires a lot of us. And some days... It gives us little in return. But I didn't quit. I'm still here. And I've recently had a few more shots in the arm just to keep me going. I don't know why, but I, I, I'm kind of weirdly reminded of a young woman who talked to me after a show some years ago, and she was a singer. And uh, she had uh, enjoyed the show, and we we're just chatting a little bit. And she asked me what path I took to get where I was. And I told her, you know, um, it was 15 years of, you know, starting out doing a lot of small gigs in living rooms, coffee houses, picnics, you know, wherever you could get a gig. And, um, and then it grows into something and, and your fan base will grow with you. And she just kind of seemed disinterested in my answer and probably didn't even hear half of what I said. She waited until I was finished before saying kind of aloofly, I'm just going to audition at American Idol. They have auditions in Oakland next week. I, uh, I suppressed a laugh. I wished her luck. And just went back to selling merchandise and talking to some uh, the, some of the other folks that were there, but she had no interest in paying any dues of any kind. You know, she was like mid twenties, I guess, and just thought that that was uh, that was beneath her. Now she may sing like Ella Fitzgerald, I don't know, but without the learning curve you get by performing in front of live audiences of all sizes, uh, she'll never be a performer. Just really weird. American Idol. <laughs> well, there's a clock on. 
sitting where it was when I bought it at ten till two. I like looking at the hands frozen in time. Ain't doing nothing, not a whistle or a chime comes through. Well, the here and now, baby, it's all we ever got. A risk-free guarantee of ecstasy is not the way. Well, hold on to every moment like a bug in a jar. Every single breath is like wishing on a star, they say. Give me a hit of that golden sunshine. Give me a hit of that morning air. Lickety split, we're all gonna go sometime. All in the trip that gets us there. Well, there's a break in the weather, just a looky at the sky. The sun's poking through, and there's a twinkle in my eye today. The earth has stopped rocking, and the wind quit blowing. It's a feeling in my bones, and the feeling ain't going. No clouds come and go, it may be dark for a while But how's it gonna help you if you're throwing that smile away? Life will give you kisses and it'll knock you on the chin The trick is in taking it all with a grin and say It's all good in its own way Give me a hit of that golden sunshine Give me a hit of that morning air Lickety split, we're all gonna go sometime It's all in the trip that gets us there I'm living in the moment cause it's all we get I'm dreaming like the best hasn't got here yet I got a burlap heart and a duct tape soul It's holding me together should the good times roll away That golden sunshine Give me a hit of that morning air Lickety split, we're all gonna go sometime It's all in the trip that gets us there All in the trip that gets us there 
It's all in the trip that gets us there. If there are any young artists listening to this, think back on what it was that first pulled you toward the strange, familiar light of the creative life. Remember where the value lies in all of this. It was never in money. Remember? It was never in stuff. Do you remember that? It was in your path. It was who you are. And it deserves the best you have to give it. And when you want to quit, think of this older dude you once heard on a podcast talking about playing a house concert and how grateful he was that he stuck it out. And remember, the early days of your first steps into that light is what you will carry with you on your entire journey. If this path was exciting enough to embark on once, then it's worth sticking it out to see where it takes you. Persevere. You'll never know what will happen when you do. But you can be damn sure nothing will happen if you don't. Hugs, cousins. Take care of each other and use your powers for good. Everything you'd ever want to know about my music, books, and artwork can be found at unhitched.com, like unhitching a trailer. We have Woodflock coming up, the Flamingo Head family reunion we host in Northern California. We have some cabins and RV spots left with a wonderful music lineup this year, more than ever before. It's our 10th anniversary, so we step things up a bit. Check it all out at our website, unhitched. Also, Dina Lynn and I host our Nashville field trips. Great food, great people, live music, a tour of weird Nashville, and you sing with me in a Nashville recording studio. Details at unhitched.com. I'm Ansi McLean. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you next time on Resisting Enlightenment. And the meaning of life is laughter, comfortable shoes, and bacon. Those who fast-forwarded through this portion of the podcast totally missed that part. Good for you. You persevered. See? It's already working. I am so proud of you. <laughs>